Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and related to Israel to give you a window to look through experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, any time. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end when we're also going to share some exciting offers and opportunities. And please feel free to share this with other people who you know who will also find it of interest. I'm very excited to, to have not just a wonderful, very special guest today, but to talk about a topic that's, that's important to us all as Jews and Christians and from a perspective that I find really unique. There are a lot of Jews like myself and Christians all around the world who are in the business, in the place of building bridges between Jews and Christians and with, a, with uh, the common denominator, of course, being the God of Israel and the land and people of Israel. Many of them have a very common approach to one another, but our guest today is someone who approaches the building bridges from a Christian perspective from a unique perspective. Shirley Burdick was born into a Christian family in China. Her family immigrated to the U.S. when she was just 17. She studied computer science at university and worked in high tech for over 15 years. In 2000, Shirley and her husband, Bill, visited Israel for the first time. They were both profoundly moved by its continuity and deep desire to participate in, the, in God's restoration of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. In 2007, Shirley quit her IT job to become a volunteer at Bridges for Peace, a Christian Zionist organization based here in Jerusalem. Between 2008 to 2018, she volunteered full-time for seven years while Bill worked to support their life in Israel. And during this time, they established deep relationships with the Jewish people in their own neighborhoods. In the end of 2018, they created a nonprofit organization with their Jewish friends in Israel called 10 Gentiles, inspired by Zechariah 8.23. The organization's mission is to equip and engage Christians to participate in God's restoration of Israel alongside the Jewish people. In Israel, 10 Gentiles comforts God's people through hands-on service to needy families, in communities, and in schools, and also helps Christian visitors to connect deeply with Israel's biblical present. Towards the nations, the, organ the organization obeys Jeremiah 31.10, to proclaim God's restoration of Israel to the nations and to help Christians to see God's plan for Israel and for the nations and inspire them to participate. Shirley and Bill are grateful that the Lord has led them on this journey and are eager to share the blessings with their brothers and sisters in Christ. Shirley, it is a tremendous blessing to have you join us today as part of our Inspiration from Zion podcast. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me. It's a privilege to be on your program. Well, you know, there's a, there's a wide range of topics that I want to discuss with you because we we've, we've had the privilege of getting to know each other really well over the last couple mm -hmm. of years. And, and I feel like there's so much, but I wanted just to start first on a personal basis because having being Chinese, born in China mm -hmm. and born into a Christian family in China is unique in and of itself. Can you talk about that? Talk about your early life and, and being a Christian in China and uh, what that was like, and maybe even a little bit, uh, a, a little bit jumping into uh, Christianity in China today? Sure. Um, actually, yeah, my family's fifth generation Christian on both sides. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, so it's quite amazing to be born into a family like that, very different from my friends family uh one thing we were always told so uh one thing we're always told in the family was that uh, not to tell anybody we're christians it's a secret 
So we grew wow. up uh, in that kind of environment. Yeah. And uh, I also remember uh, like home gatherings uh, in grandma's house where she held Bible studies. And that's in the 70s. Yeah. So before China was open. Um, and after China was open in the 80s, we were able to go to church. And my grandfather was a pastor. Um, so first time, you know, church opened up and he was preaching and the church was filled inside out. And uh, they had to put a uh, speaker on the church uh broadcasting to the street so that people outside. sit in this yeah outside so people can can hear and it was uh three services a day uh and then back then he was already in his 80s i think yeah um, was it that there were that many christians who were now able to have some modicum of freedom to express their faith or was it that people had been so um uh, isolated from anything and they were just looking for anything else. Gam vagam. Gam vagam. Yeah, gam vagam. Yeah, both. Uh, so, yeah, and the people are also curious because for curious. Chinese, Christian Christianity is a Western religion. It's a Western religion from, you know, from Europe. And, uh, and, uh, for many, many years under communism, they were starved for anything. So, so yeah, so they were curious. So a lot of young people, it was fashionable to come to church for a while. Interesting. For, for a, a while. while. And okay. then, yeah, for a while. And then the older generation, of course, they were waiting for, for Christian gathering again to be able to worship openly. Um, so they can. And I remember, uh, people will walk for hours. From the, from their village, come into, uh, you know, start early morning, like four o'clock in the morning, and they start walking and they come to church and they will always bring grandma, grandpa gifts, like food from, you know, the village and whatever. And then after the church, grandma would invite everybody to come for lunch. And so it was really fun to see all that. It's a lot of people, um, in their uh, in, in their house on the yeah, uh, on the bottom floor. Yeah, it I was. I think we could end this conversation here. We're not going to, but, <laughs> uh-huh. but for a lot of for Christians and Jews listening to hear that uh, that commitment to one's faith, starting mm-hmm. walking at four o'clock in the morning just yeah. to get to church. I hope this, I, that's inspiring enough uh, for, from this from this uh, program. Did you feel at all as a as a girl fear? Being no, 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 not no, not at all. No, okay. no, not much. Other than we just keep our mouths shut. We don't tell people we're Christians. So, yeah, we listen okay. to our parents. Yeah. Okay, and it's a, and it's a, it, it's probably for a much longer conversation. But it's a really amazing thing on both sides of your family to be fifth generation yes. Christian, right? Uh-huh. That's you, there aren't a lot of Chinese Christians no. like that. No. No, they're not. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, okay. so fast forward, you come to America, you go to college, uh-huh. you get it, you, you begin a career, you meet yeah. Bill, you're, uh-huh. you're married, you, you know, you're starting your life together. You're both, you're both uh, Christian. And then your first trip to Israel is only 22 years ago, which actually is nowadays, it's not a short time. It's only, it's, it's not just like it was five years ago. Yeah. And you came here and that changed for you both Can tremendously you know, so i want to i want you before i want to talk about 10 gentiles and what you're doing but um but before can you, before we do can you explain what what was it about that trip that maybe some people yes. who haven't been here won't understand so the first thing was we got off the airplane got off the tarmac the tar- tarmac uh back then it was the old airport in 2000 and immediately when we breathe the air, I just couldn't believe it's all real. That was very strange that coming to Israel, you know, we booked a trip. We know there's a country called Israel, but I guess it just never connected that, you know, this Israel is the same as the biblical Israel in the Bible. Um, but when we got on the tarmac, it, it became real. 
uh, to breathe that air. And, uh, and also when we ate the food, uh, when we, you know, ate the vegetables, the salads, the great salads, Israel has great yes. salads. And it was just unreal to us, um, because we never learned anything about Israel or the Jewish people growing up. I mean, we read it in the Bible, but, but in the pulpit, we, it was always used as an object lesson for us. Um, it was an object lesson, you know. That's, um, that's a great statement. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a reality. So the reality really hit us that, that it's real. And then, and then we were on the bus. I remember the, uh, the tour guy said, you know, um, it's great that we're having traffic jams because people are coming back. And I was like, coming back? Where did they go? You know, where did they come back from? All that I did not know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when they explained, the one tour guide explained the prophecies and then it's like, wow, Bible becoming true. And how come we never learned this? Um, it's such a big thing. How, how come we never learned this? So it, it was eye opening. It was awakening experience for us. And sounds like it was something that, that you weren't prepared for, that that was correct. You couldn't, you couldn't have imagined what you were about to experience. Correct. Wow. We, we thought we'd just like come to walk where Jesus walked, uh, because that's where, you know, how people talk about Israel is where Jesus walked. Uh, but when we got here, it was so much more. It was so much more. The whole entire Bible, uh, past, present, and also future. Yeah. That's all in front of us. And we, we were really shocked. And immediately we really want to be a part of it. Like, like this is huge thing going on in God's kingdom. We need, to, we need to be a part of it. And, and, and you have been, and, and, uh, but, but before I, I talk about what you're doing, mm-hmm. what's it like being a Christian? You, you don't live here full time, but you're as here as often as you can for as long mm-hmm. as you can. What's it like living here in Israel among the Jewish people? And what have you learned and how has it enriched your own life and, and faith? That's a huge topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when we meet Jewish people, we always make a policy for us to immediately tell them we're Christians. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, let, let them make a choice whether to want, want to have a relationship with us. Okay. So th- that's the first thing. Um, and what we found is people really love us. Uh, we, we love it here. And, um, neighbors up and down, they take good care of us. Uh, before we really didn't, before coming to Israel in actually starting that long-term volunteering in 2008, we really didn't know anything about Judaism or the Jewish people. Um, really never had any contact with Jewish people. And, uh, but once we start to meet them, they invite us for Shabbat dinner, Shabbat lunch for the holidays and uh, invited us to, you know, go to synagogue to see what that's about. So we did. Um, and, um, and we feel very, very loved, <laughs> uh, in, in Israel. And uh, I don't know how many people, how many Christians in Israel actually uh, go to synagogue, but we, we go to um, Orthodox synagogue here in our neighborhood. We are actually uh, members uh, and, uh, and I love the Siddur. So once I went and opened up the, opened up the prayer book, uh, I read it like line by line and I was so impressed by the content of the prayer book by how the sages pick the verses out of the Bible and put them together to, to praise Hashem, to praise the Lord, uh, and also to, to show their own yearning for, for the temple, for the third temple or for Messiah, for, uh, you know, God to reign on earth, all that yearning, all that, um, 
uh, remembrance of coming out of Egypt and also how God led the Jewish people from Sinai all the way to now. All that is in the prayer book and, uh, and the, the verses are all coming out of the Bible. And I was just so impressed of how it is put together. Right. Um, right. Yes. Is it, 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 it's interesting you say that because as you said, all the verses are coming out of the Bible and, and, and it's, so it's common. And if mm-hmm. you read it in whatever language you're reading that is a, that you understand, you get it. You, you, you feel mm-hmm. that biblical connection. You can't not, but, uh, but it's also fascinating to come, per, to come to it from a perspective of not having that background and dissecting the prayers and the order of the prayer. One of the best Shabbats that I ever experienced, I was in a home church it, um, with friends in Delaware. And they invited me for Shabbat, which I will do occasionally. I, I love to do Shabbat with Christian mm-hmm. friends when I travel. And they said, okay, we'll stay in our house because there was no way that we were going to have any hotel nearby. And so I did. And they invited their f- Christian friends and we did Shabbat together, which mm-hmm. was wonderful to have the kind of narration, albeit in English, but also explaining what you what you've seen the whole sequence and how mm-hmm. it's edited together in, in a sense to tell a story and, yes. and 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 always connect us to god in the way that we need to be connected but how amazing that you were able to come to that and by the way i want to comment for for people listening it's not a something to take for granted not just that you go to synagogue here but that right. you're members not be, not just because you are members and and will pay a nominal membership fee, but that there's an Orthodox synagogue that will allow you to be members. Yes. That's a big deal. That is, that's huge. And we feel very privileged. And also this uh, synagogue welcomed our guests, our uh, Christian guests from all over the world. So this is a place where I take Christians Friday night to see how Jewish people connect with the Lord. Um, Many Christians come out crying. Because they, they can hear. Uh, so many people, I don't know if your audience know, but, uh, but for the prayers, uh, Friday nights, it's, uh, all the Psalms and there are eight Psalms where they send the Psalms. And when they heard, when the Christians heard Jewish people singing these Psalms without any instrument accompany and the song come out, they can hear that's come out of the belly, come out of the heart. Uh, they were very moved. They were very shocked, actually. So it doesn't matter they're from China or Japan or Poland. Um, they, they came out very shocked. Amazing. That, Amazing. That this is, you know, without any music, without any band, without any worship team. Uh, yes. the, the sound just come out of the building into the streets. And, uh, and it's wonderful. And so our, our shul, our synagogue is a Kariba synagogue. Oh, uh, so there's lots of singing. Yes, lots lot of singing. Of singing. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I love to take people there Friday night. So before, uh, before COVID started, almost every Friday night, we had, we had groups. Very nice. Yes. Great. By the way, so I'll just want to interject if anyone's listening and wants to know more about it's specifically the Friday night service when you feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone wants to be in touch with me, um, and, and I've written some things about this, I'm happy to share because it's, uh, because it's foreign and, and, and most Christians don't know and don't understand. Forget experiencing the music, which as you said is non-instrumental. It's all, vo- it's all vocal. Uh, but, but just the whole, the whole nature of it. Uh, I just want to share one real quick thing and then move, move back to you. Uh, wow. Gosh, several years ago. Uh, I had the privilege of hosting uh, someone who's also become a good friend, Ricky Skaggs, uh, a famous um, uh, Grammy-winning uh, country and bluegrass musician. And he came to our home for Shabbat, and he really wanted to experience the synagogue. So I said, wow, if we have a, a Grammy Award musician coming, we have mm-hmm. to have someone who's leading the service who's got right. that beautiful voice. So my neighbor said uh, that he would do it. And it was fascinating. You know the tune. There's a song, Lachado Di, where we welcome. Yes. There's a metaphoric uh-huh. welcoming of the Sabbath yes. as the bride. And it's beautiful. Yeah. The lyrics are beautiful. But my neighbor, Avi, decided to, to sing it that night to the tune of Ricky Skagg's song, The Highway 40 Blues. 
No kidding. Now, if anyone's wow. following in those country music, wow. you have to listen. Just overlaying the, the the music with the with the words, it left Ricky and his wife Sharon in tears. That uh, his song, which was simply a beautiful country song, was now being used in worship. It was extraordinary, really extraordinary. Amazing, amazing. And uh, yes, uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, an- another thing no, I-, I love about was that you can have all these different tunes. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so actually, before I take Christians into the synagogue, I always get them into uh, to our apartment first and for about an hour to explain what's in, what's the uh, Friday night service wow. and uh, mm-hmm. and the, what the uh, show them the Siddur, the prayer book and uh, show them exactly line by line. So they feel comfortable that they can say everything alongside the Jewish people. Amazing. I want to take just a moment to remind you not to miss out on winning a free book about Israel from Jonathan's bookshelf. Just follow Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and share the link to this program. Each time you share this, you'll be entered into our monthly drawing to receive an important book from my own collection that you're going to want to have for your own library. That This is a great segue to talk about what you're doing um, with 10 Gentiles in 2018. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not that long ago. Actually, the same year we started, um, the Genesis 123 Foundation. I, I, I never made that connection until now. You established this nonprofit. It is an Israeli mm-hmm. nonprofit, which is also yes. not an insignificant thing. Um, can you explain what, where that came from and why I, I know it, but what I'd like to, you to share with everybody why it's called 10 Gentiles? Okay, so this comes from, uh, our inspiration comes from Zechariah 8.23, where it says that um, God says in that day, 10 from the nations will come and hold on to the garment of a Jew and say, please take us because we know God is with you. Um, So we know that's the picture of the future. But where we are now, uh, the relationship between Christians and the Jews it's too far from that picture. And uh, so we want to bridge the gap. Um, we want to bring Christian alongside to, to equip them, to help them to engage with uh, the Israeli society, the Jewish people, and also to engage them to participate in what God is doing here. Um, not our own program, but alongside the Jewish people. Because God and the Jewish people have started this quite a while ago. It's not just from 1948. It's quite a while ago before that. So that 1948 is a possibility. Um, so so we want to come alongside. Mm-hmm. You're, you're giving substance to the notion of being grafted in with the deep roots. Yes. And understanding that and not just as a lovely metaphor. Correct. Um, and also gave substance to we love Israel. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, to actually know the people and uh, to actually uh, participate alongside. Um, yeah. And so we want, uh, we, we really want Christians to see, see the people, um, to, to hands on to serve the people. Um, to make that connection. So, so for Christians to come as tourists a little more, give them more experience beyond uh, a, a tourist, beyond being a tourist. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But most, most of the people that with whom you're interacting aren't coming as tourists. Uh, you've got, you've got millions. They, and millions act- of yeah. Actually, uh, the Chinese, the, the Polish, the Japanese, they, they actually, came before as tourists. They never, they, they want to connect with the people, but they don't know how. Um, there nobody really take them into the synagogue. Um, or have that personal experience or take into a Jewish home for Shabbat dinner or Shabbat lunch or, or for a, for a shiur, for, for a Shabbat lesson. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's a part, sometime, you know, the official tool, tour give them that uh, opportunity but still what we offer is much much more personal uh for them to actually see and often we take them into israeli organizations 
uh, Jewish organizations to to participate alongside uh, to pack food. Um, for example, there's this organization called Meir uh, Vebracha in in a measuring. Okay. And uh, they pack. Yeah, they pack like a 400 package of food every Thursday morning, just on the street. And uh, the people who come to help them are are you know many Jews made just made Aliyah, so somehow they found out this program or yeshiva students um, or you know year in Israel program for those Jewish youth, and so they come and I love to take our uh, group in and then they can work side side by side along other Jews and ask them questions you know Bob. why did you make Aliyah what are you doing here and they can meet each other. So, yeah. Now, but for the most of the last two years, people, tourists have not been able to come. So how have you pivoted in terms of in terms of your your mission going virtual? So very good question. Um, Last two years. So one year we were here. uh, 2020, we were actually here. We were able to get into Israel. And uh, that was the height of uh, COVID. And so China, our, our friends in China, they donated like 60,000 masks when there were no masks anywhere. Uh, so we were able to distribute the masks in the hospital, nursing home. And, uh, so we did a lot of service in Israel. Um, without the groups being here, but still we felt the presence of our friends with us because of all the donations that they, they brought in. And then of course we, we took pictures and then sent it to them and uh, to give them still maintain that connection. Uh, then for last year, 2021, we couldn't come in. Um, so we reached out to churches. We reached out, we did a lot of education to other Christians and also went as far as uh, Africa, went as far as Kenya to teach the pastors there. Uh, something interesting that we only have a home here in Israel. So when we're outside of Israel, we're kind of homeless. <laughs> ah. And, uh, yes. And uh, so traveling to different places, wherever open door, anybody wants to know Israel. Um, we, we, we went to give them the news because, uh, another thing was in book of Jeremiah earlier when you gave the, my bio, uh, talked about Jeremiah chapter 31 10 which is where Hashem says, uh, you know, go proclaim it in the nations and uh, to the, to the furthest isle, island, that he who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over them like a shepherd. And, uh, yeah. so, yeah, so that is, you know, almost 3000 years ago that, that these words are said to 2600 years ago, these words are said, and it is happening right now. Right. So all the more we should go out to give the news um, to the nations. So, Shirley, how can people reach you? So I don't forget to ask at the end. We have a website out there called uh, tangentiles.org, uh, even though it desperately needs to be updated. But still, our information is out there. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we do have a website out there. Or they can send me an email, Shirley at tangentiles.org. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Now you, you, you mentioned going out in, in, into the nations and we've, yes. we've collaborated on projects together. Uh, I think probably the first one was that global prayer that we did where you mm-hmm. brought in the churches, uh, churches from China, um, Africa. We, we've done a couple of, uh, parallel tag team teachings and, um, some, oh, Europe. And, and you mentioned Poland. You're the one mm-hmm. who, who also opened the doors with that lovely uh, church in Poland. When you're not in Israel and in the U.S., what do you see that's different about Christians and how Christians understand and perceive of Israel um, in, in, in different parts of the world that's, that's not Western or maybe Western, but not American? Okay. Um when I go out to teach, there are several, there are two, there are three, probably three main things I want to convey to these Christians. Um, and I find that they all do not know these things. Um, okay. First of all, it's the restoration of Israel. 
So just like us in 2000, we, you know, we didn't know that God is restoring Israel. And, and the whole process, uh, not just 1948 that Israel, you know, came about, but the whole process of the first Aliyah, second Aliyah, um, and, and the price that Jewish people paid to, to get to 1948 and also continuous pain, um, for this land. Um, many people do not know. So first thing we want to convey is the restoration of Israel. Um, God is partnering with his people, restoring Israel. And that's the first. And the second is actually what Jesus said, uh, for salvation is from the Jews in, in, in book of, uh, in the gospel of John chapter four, okay. verse 22, when he was having the conversation with us, uh, the Samaritan woman by the well, uh, he said for salvation is from the Jews. So exactly what did he mean by that? And it's, he's not just talking about himself. He's talking about the whole system of salvation that the Lord set up, uh, through the, through the covenants. And the many Christians do not have that view of covenant. So we want to explain the salvation through the covenant point of view. Um, right. so that's the second thing. The third thing is that we want to help Christians to see Jewish people beyond the fact that they do not believe in Jesus. Uh, so when we go into churches, the minute we talk about we live in Israel, we, uh, we have many Jewish friends, you know, we serve among the Jews. And immediately the first thing is, uh, oh, they do not know Jesus. What are you doing about that? Um, so we need to help them to see beyond that. Uh, well, so, what, so those, so I, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Those, are the, no, those are the three pillars. Those are the three things. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. So, so I want maybe specifically relating to the last point, but I'm curious what obstacles, challenges, or, or maybe even the word that you just, you didn't allude to, but through your story, um, pushback do you get in, in sharing all of that? Yeah. So we use Bible, uh, the words out of the Bible to, to explain most of these things. Um, for example, uh, as far as, you know, Jewish people's salvation, we really have to show them in the Bible that God does have a plan for Jewish people. Uh, and that there is a timing. Even, you know, Paul talked about uh, until the full number of Gentiles or fullness of Gentiles, uh, then all Israel will be saved. Um, so, so we want Christian to see that there is a plan for, for the Jewish people. God has never forgotten them. Um, God is especially gracious to us Gentiles for the past 2000 years. And that we get to come in to, 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 to know the God of Israel. Um, you know, for example, for my family, all of China, all of China were idol worshipers. Uh, but for example, my family for five generations, we put away our idols and, uh, we worship God of Israel. Um, so for past 2000 years, Gentile had been coming in and, uh, and it is a special revelation for Paul that until the full number of Gentiles all of them come in or the fullness of Gentiles and then Israel will be saved. And he said, all Israel will be saved. And so we show Christians where in the Bible, this all concept shows up over and over again. Um, do we have one second? For example, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Of course. Okay. So for example, like uh, in uh, this all idea actually is very, very consistent uh, with the, with the prophets in the Christian Old Testament, uh, Tanakh for Jewish people. For example, uh, yesterday I was just talking to friends in uh, Kenya. Uh, I gave them an example of, uh, Jeremiah chapter 33, uh, verse, for example, verse, uh, eight, where the Lord says, I will cleanse them. And he's talking about Israel. First, he's talking about how terrible Israel was. And then he talked about, then he, the tune changed, talking about restoration, you know. 
uh, I will cleanse them from all the sins they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. And so there are many places in the Bible where it's all their sins or all of them. Um, it's not some, or and also it's not the last generation of Jewish people sins. It's all their sins. Wow, that's important. That's a uh, um, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I'll give you another fascinating. Yeah, because you're looking at it from a perspective that I don't think of, and then you're able to interpret that uh, to people so they understand properly. Yeah, and and so this is of course is very. A controversial topic <laughs> uh, to talk about um, because church has its very strong view of what happened to people who do not believe in Jesus. Okay. Um, yeah. But so the only way we can talk about it is through the Bible. For example, in Isaiah chapter 45, um, towards the end, God is talking about how he will judge the nations. Okay, judge nations. And then he'll he say something like, before me, every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will, will swear. And at the end, verse 25, it says, but in the Lord, all the descendants of Israel will be found righteous and will exalt. And so that's a promise. That's absolutely a promise, right? And it's, it's everywhere in the Bible. <laughs> um, so the question is, is God a failure? Um, is God a failure? You know, if, if Jews go to hell, is God a failure? Uh, from all the Jews from time of Jesus all the way to now. Right. Right. Uh, right. From, well, it's Come, interesting yes. because you said from the time of Jesus, because before that, there was no contradiction in, in, uh, in, in Jews living and believing as Jews. Correct. And, and so from, from time of Jesus to now, there's so many, many more Jews then alive, I mean, lived on this earth than, say, Jews before Jesus. Right. From Abraham, from Mount Sinai, when, when you know, descendants of uh, Jacob become a nation, all the way right. to Jesus. Compared, yeah. So, so the question is, is God a failure? Can God actually deliver what he promised? Right. Um, so one thing I really love is how Moses pleaded for the people of Israel when God says, I will wipe all of them out. I will start from you, Moses, a new people. And, uh, and the way Moses pleaded for them is, but God, what about your name? <laughs> what uh, about yep. your name? Right? Uh, Moses had, had, had his strategy of, of pleading. <laughs> And the Lord relented. The Lord relented. Um, so one, 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 so two strategy. One strategy is, Lord, what about your name? If you wipe all of these people out, then people will say you couldn't do it. Wow. You can't actually save these people. So it's the issue of can God actually save these people? And then, of course, the second is the 13 attributes of, uh, of, of the Lord, right? He gave God what God taught him, what God told him. Uh, when the Lord passed him by. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, so the Lord says, okay, I will forgive them. Um, and, and wow. that's what, how Jewish people pray on Yom Kippur, right? Yes. Um, that's what, yeah. So, so it's the issue of is God a failure? Um, can I give one more scripture? Uh, I don't this, think this anyone is... listening is going to have a problem <laughs> okay. with too much scripture. All right. Awesome. Um, this also comes from Hosea, where this is actually a piece of scripture used in Handel's Messiah. Um, this is also uh, it talks about resurrection. So this is in Hosea, the prophet Hosea, chapter 13, uh, where God told Israel that Israel, you're destroyed. Uh, in chapter 13, verse 9, God pronounced to Israel that you are destroyed, O Israel, because you are against me, against your helper. Okay, so that is the condition of Israel. And then when we drop down to verse 14, it says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Where, O death, are your plague? Where, O grave, is your destruction? And he is 
talking about this to Israel. Um, this them is not Christian, it's Israel. Uh, so when, often when we read this, when we hear Messiah singing and the read the, 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 the lyrics, we feel yes. it's about us. But no, the original promise, it is about, it is about Israel. Precisely wow. because Israel is destroyed, Israel is against God. Um, um, God will redeem them because he can do it. That is what grace is about. That's what uh, mercy is about. Um, yeah. And, so, and that God keeps his promises. It's not uh, exactly not a fickle God. In addition to inspiration from Zion, another Genesis 123 Foundation program, Run for Zion, is the first program uniquely for Christians centered around the Jerusalem Marathon, creating meaningful and lasting experiences. We look forward to having you be able to join us in person soon, but now are offering you a way to connect from wherever you are in the world through virtual tours, webinars, and briefings. For information or to register, please go to runforzion.com. Join Run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. You know, Shirley, you're reminding me of a couple of the times that you and I have done uh, teachings together with different groups, mostly you Mm -hmm. and me facilitating. Um, But I want to offer to our listeners, I'm going to offer on your behalf, that if anyone is uh, interested to please reach out, um, inspirationfromzion at gmail.com, and maybe we'll coordinate a live uh, Zoom together that we can bring people together from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, You haven't used the term yet, and you haven't even, you've maybe only dipped a toe in the concept, but I'm sure you come across um, um, different forms of replacement theology and anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, both, both in the present and of course in the history of the church, how do you confront that? Um, most people will say that uh, they do not support replacement theology. Uh, but it's still, to me, it still has a hold on the Jewish people. Um, if so, um, we want Christian to see that Jewish people still has a place in God's kingdom, um, has a place in God's kingdom, even though they do not believe in Jesus. God has not uh, rejected them if they do not agree with that. So we, of course, we always use the Bible to tell them God's plan uh, and how, you know, it's, it's an everlasting plan. Uh, so there are already these promises spoken out. Uh, for example, with the, with the replacement theology, um, there is one verse in, in Jeremiah. Um, it's also in chapter 33. Earlier we read, it's also in chapter 33. So Jeremiah chapter 33 towards the end. Um, it, chapter 33 verse 24. It says, have you not noticed that these people are saying, the Lord has rejected the two kingdoms he chose. So they despise my people and no longer regard them as a nation. That's exactly what replacement theology is. Um, that they say God rejected them. And so after yeah. the, and the Lord said, this is what God says. If I have not established my covenant with day and night and the fixed law of heaven and earth, then I will reject the descendants of Jacob and the David, my servant, and will not choose one of his son to rule over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will restore the fortune and have compassion on them. So normally we confront that with scripture um, because the the teaching is very deep. Um, so so only, only use scripture, the power of scripture, um, to, for, for scripture, allow scripture to let speak for itself and to see that it cont- contradicts to that kind of theology. Great. Thank you. Uh, again, that's something that will, we, we may, if people are interested, we can, uh, we can address in a, in a live program together. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to set you up for what might be a self-serving, um, answer, but a few weeks ago, we did something really special. Uh, together and well, I thought it was I think you did mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh-huh. we're, we're hoping that weather and other circumstances permitting, we can do this again soon. Um, can you, from your own perspective, share what we did and why it was significant? <laughs> yes, we went out to deliver soup to the soldiers uh, at Gush Etzion, uh, guarding all the critical points at Gush Etzion. And it was a rainy night. It was very special in a way that, I don't know, it was like a holy moment because all the traffics are going back and forth, all the noises. And there we are giving the soldiers soup. And they were so appreciative, so grateful. And some of them can take the soup because, you know, and some of them cannot because they're so concentrated on, yes. uh, on guarding. So, so they refuse the soup, which, which is okay. But I think it's good for them to know that people care. Um, right. that people care, that they know that we think about them, especially in this kind of weather, they have to stand in the rain. Yeah. And so, and, as, and also it's special for us to collaborate together. Uh, well, that, to that do also, that. That also is special. And I want to recognize because, uh, just this week after that, after that, uh, my daughter picked up the soup pot, which you, it, w- it was actually, I think it was Bill's observation that the, my soup pot wasn't big enough. We, what we yes. didn't say is that I made the soup and one yes. of the soldiers raved about it and said he wished his mother could make soup like this. Uh-huh. Um, and it was wonderful. But Bill said we didn't have a big enough pot, so we need a bigger pot to serve soup, to serve more soldiers. And, uh, and so, so you 10 Gentiles donated a pot that arrived this week. And is now getting ready to be, um, I guess, Kristen is probably the inappropriate Yay. word, but broke it in with its, <laughs> with, with its first, uh, its first um, uh, batch of soup. And yes. I'm excited that we'll be able to go out and do that again while it's yes. still winter and cold. You mentioned yes. Gush Etzion. For those listening who don't know, that's the Judean mountains region south of Jerusalem in which I live. And which very sadly, and it's kind of strange and maybe for another conversation, one of my daughters Googled and found out that, in fact, out where we live in that area that we were driving around and giving the soup to, to the soldiers is considered one of the most dangerous um, as it relates to threats from terrorists. So I don't feel that on a day to day basis, but it made it all the more special that while they're on guard in the cold, dark uh, winter, that we were able to do that. And it was a real yes. blessing. And, uh, and also we're joking uh, for those of you who watch uh, Seinfeld, yes. you know, there's soup Nazi in Seinfeld episode. And so my husband Bill said, oh, we are the soup Nutrin. And Nutrin means uh, Christian in Hebrew. Christians in Hebrew. Yes, yeah, we, Christians in I, Hebrew. So that was wonderful. We're, we're soup Nutrin. <laughs> I've shared that a lot. And, 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 and a number of people have donated so that, you know, that last time it was out of pocket. I just, mm-hmm. something we do, you know, all of yeah. I have a son who's a paratrooper, but all of the soldiers are our kids and, and it's just a normal thing. It wasn't the first time that I had uh, gone out to give soup to soldiers in the winter and my kids like doing that. And it was a real special treat that you and Bill got to come over and visit and we, yes. and then we went out and, uh, and I'm looking forward to that again. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed, keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill, they are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter, and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. I love how you said, even if they didn't take the soup, they knew that they were loved. 
What do you want Jews to know who are listening? Where there's a perception, Jews who don't understand what Christianity is and what motivates Christian support or or think of Christians and Christianity only from uh, 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 the the, the sad history of Mm anti-Semitism that existed in the church um, and, and the perception that the that all uh, all motives for relations with Jews is all either related to uh, trying to convert Jews or some end times the, uh, theological agenda. Mm-hmm. What, how do you how do you explain that to Jewish people? Um, we actually get that question quite a bit when we do home visits with social workers that uh, Jews will say, how is it possible you Christian come to love us Jews? And so the only way I can say is God is doing something new among Christians. Um, there's no way we can change the history, um, but God is moving more and more Christians to repent for that history and also to 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 write a new page. Um, and I say, you know, just like God, God is doing something new among Jews, that that He's bringing you back and that He's restoring uh, the land of Israel, and you know, He's also doing something new among Christians. Um, and uh, and that there is true love. There is true love uh, to to love the Jewish people without any string attached. And also we teach that it is our responsibility um, towards Israel. To those of us who worship God of Israel, we have a responsibility towards people of Israel. Um, if we look at Ruth, you know, yes. your God, my God, your people, my people. So when the last time we're treating Jewish people as our own people? Um, and also not just that, but after that, she said, wherever you die, I will be buried there also. Yeah. So it's in, she's committed to the people in life and also in death. Um, so that's the kind of attitude that we want, <laughs> that we strive to. So, so really, Baruch Hashem, uh, praise God for giving us these role models. Uh, in the Bible, um, actually, not just in the Old Testament, but also in New Testament, we, yeah. we also have these uh, have these role models. Um, so yeah, so we we go out we, when we teach Christians, we show them these role models, and these are the people that that God smile upon, um, that uh, that that God blesses, and this this is uh, you know the ten Gentile. Uh, picture yes is very consistent from beginning to the end in the bible beautiful and and we need to recognize that that's great now let me ask you and again maybe it's self-serving but uh but from a from your perspective or from a christian perspective what's the significance of what what you do and i alluded to it when when i introduced you there are a lot of christians and christian organizations that are building bridges there are many fewer organizations that are coming from a traditional Jewish perspective doing the same. So what's the significance to you as a Christian that there are, that there are organizations like the Genesis One Two Three Foundation and others that are doing that? It's very, so for the, you're talking about the Jewish organization. So it's yeah. very, very encouraging for us to have Jewish people to reach back to us. Um, because among Christians, they're also worried that, uh, uh, that Jewish people will not accept, um, you know, our love or will always doubt us, which rightly so, considering the history. Um, so we're prepared for that. But, uh, what Genesis 1 to 3 does and also um, some uh, uh, many other organizations. Um, it, it's it's very encouraging what, the, your work uh, that you embrace our effort um, that you will collaborate with us. For example, the suit project. I think without you, we really cannot do it. Um, for kosher reason, for for one, because oh. when we serve the Jewish people, we. You know, we we support Jewish identity, so we do not want to do anything to uh, to jeopardize that identity. So, yeah, without without you know you cooking your soup the soup in your kitchen, we cannot do this. 
so we, we have to have a Jewish people, uh, Jewish friend to do this together. And also, you know where the soldiers are. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know where they are. And, uh, and also someone wearing kippah serving, you know, serving together, uh, it, it speaks volumes for the food itself. So, it so we, for the soup, for the food and yes. for the love that I, I explained exactly. in Hebrew all the time to the soldiers that you're Christians from America. Yeah. And, and that would really warm their, warm their heart in addition to the soup warming yeah. their body. Uh huh. And also when we go, like when we do, uh, programs for poor and needy, we always do it with social workers. Got it. So that's Good. the part of serving alongside the Jewish people. Very important. Uh, to me, it's very important. So, uh, so it's not we do our own thing in this country. We recognize that you and God has already started this long time ago when we didn't even know it's a possibility. When we didn't even think, you know, when we were still deep in our replacement theology. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, very, very few Christians. Uh, I only know one group in Japan that prayed for Jews to return um, back in the 1800s. I only know that one group. Um, but everybody else thought Jews are done with. Yes. Yes. But, but no, you, you know, so yes. So, um, so you and God has a very good thing going and we come <laughs> alongside. Very nice. Shirley, last question before we wrap up. Um, you bring people here, hopefully in the coming months, many more yes. will be able to come back. But if you had, if you had the opportunity to take every Christian visiting Israel to see or experience one, two, three things, what would they be and why? Okay. Um, I, I'll give three things. <laughs> okay. I'll give three things. One is, and the three things is connect, three things are connected. So one is Elon More, uh, because that is when, uh, Abraham, uh, that's in, uh, Genesis chapter 12, when, when God gave Abraham the promise of the land of the people and also of the covenant that he will be, uh, Abraham's descendants, God, um, and, and, uh, and his descendants will be his people. Um, so I want them to see that because that area really hasn't been developed. So I believe what they see now is oh. pretty much what Abraham saw 4,000 years ago. Uh, and oh. from there, we move on to Gush Etzion, where you live, uh, <laughs> because there is an amazing, amazing museum where they see that how Jewish people restore Israel, the price that they pay. Um yes. It's the continuity. Um, so I, I won't give the story away because I want everybody to go to the museum, see the movie, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, see the tree because it's a really beautiful story, very, very moving story of the continuity of living that promise, making that promise, uh, uh become a reality. And, and then they come to my synagogue. So that's the third okay. place. Yeah. Okay. To see. Amazing. Well, all these people made Aliyah and they come and how Jews worship God, how Jews connect with the Lord after all these years from Abraham all the way to now. It's the continuity well, that I, I want people to see. That's amazing. It's a great vision. Um, I invite people, obviously, when you're here and you're mm -hmm. here in the neighborhood, we've already we've already established the fact that you're going to come visit. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're not here and people are coming to visit, um, I'm, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I look forward to that opportunity. Definitely. And by the way, I just wrote another article about Gush Etzion, um, uh, on the anniversary of, um, one, I also want to give away the story, but one of the pre-state battles, uh, that was very significant in the history. And, and by the way, just I'm, uh, on a personal note, on a digression, you would ask me the other day to reach out to people at that museum. No one's responded, but we're going to, oh. we're going to, we'll figure it out. I'm going to we'll find keep a way. Trying. Okay. okay. Um, Shirley, this has been amazing. This has been, I knew it would be, I wanted to uh, do, have this opportunity, Thank make you. this opportunity for some time. I think we're really only scratching the surface of, of everything that's wonderful that you are doing, you and Bill personally, 
and through 10 Gentiles. Um, I'm grateful as an Orthodox Israeli Jew. I know many, many others are, and I hope that people reach out to you to, to connect as well. It's a gift for us. It, it really is. Terrific. Uh, with all the difficulties, if we have to do it all over again, we, in a heartbeat, we'll do it. Amazing. It's really a gift for us from, from God. Amazing. Thank you. Let me just wrap up by saying that if you've stayed with us this long, you deserve a reward, not because of the content, mm-hmm. of course, but because uh, we really value the, the, the vast number of people who've been following and downloading our podcast. Beginning this month, the Genesis One Two Three Foundation is offering a special gift. Each month, we'll be giving away a special volume from Jonathan's bookshelf. Please go to the Inspiration from Zion social media and like us and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program there, you'll be entered to a drawing that we're going to do every month at random. This month, we're giving away an autographed copy of Dr. Daniel Gordis's book, Israel, A Concise History of a Nation Reborn. I also want to extend my thanks, real sincere thanks, to our podcast sponsors. First, the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. Always like to tell people, if you're in the area and you need something from a greenhouse, please pop in and get it there. Or if you are in the area but don't need anything from the greenhouse, just go and say hi and thank them for helping to make this program and conversations like this possible. Also, thank you to the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and to build bridges. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send us any questions as well especially questions you have about Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who you know who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you. Hallelujah.